and welcome to Thank You for Toilet Paper, a history of the little things, a podcast where we talk about a few things to be grateful for and the history and stories behind them. I'm your host, Elizabeth Miller. Thank you for joining me today. Let's get going. Now, in school, I would sometimes sneak peeks at people's doodles during class. I don't know if I was trying to keep up on trends or just get ideas because I was not much of an artist myself, but it was fun to see what people would spend time doodling. Science classes produced some of the best doodles from my fellow classmates. I was not much of an artist myself. My doodles stuck to the basics like flowers, fruit. I don't know if that's basic, but that was one of my basics like grapes. Spelling out words in cool fonts, like, does anybody else remember that funky S? That was like all the rage in the 90s that we practiced drawing. No? No? Probably. And then from there, sometimes, for some reason, I don't know why, I drew a lot of eyes. It's probably really creepy, but I think it was just because it was a pretty simple shape. The times I felt most artsy, however, was when I would draw a cloud of connected figure eights and then turn them into a crowd of people. Yep. Others around me, however, actually created works of art. (laughs) My sister, mother, and brother are all much better artists than myself, and I love seeing the art that they create. Art, like words on a page, has the ability to communicate the intangible. And sometimes this love of art started with doodling. And how could we have had doodling without something to take our doodles from the imagination to the page? So without further ado, we'll start in on this week's topic, ink. Many important events have happened using ink, from signing peace treaties, to printing books, to penning love letters, to simply sharing family recipes. Ink is a part of both the great and small moments around the world. The very first records of ink that we have are found in cave drawings. When it comes to writing ink, however, this ink was invented by both the Egyptians and the Chinese around 4,500 years ago. Ink was invented or discovered in different areas around the world, and archaeologists have worked backward deconstructing the different inks in written documents or artifacts to determine the makeups of these different inks. Ink is typically made up of two main components, the pigment and the carrier. The earliest pigments were charcoal, which is why it was so easy to find black ink from thousands of years ago, more so than colored inks. The carrier was typically made of a liquid, In the beginning, it was usually animal fat. These days, oils like vegetable oil or synthetic chemical-based carriers are more common. Typically, ink is a gel, a sole, or a solution. Sometimes, paste-like ink is used for larger letter presses or lithographic prints. Ink can also be more complex than simply a pigment and a component. It can include solvents, pigments, dyes, lubricants, surfactants, resins, fluorescence, and more. These different ingredients affect the flow of the ink as well as how quickly it dries, its thickness, etc. For ancient Egypt, ink on papyrus in both black and red appear from at least as far back as the 26th century BC. In China, ink usage goes back as far as three or four millennia. This goes back as far as the Chinese Neolithic era, during which time in the beginning, Chinese inks were made up of natural materials like plants, animals, and minerals the most basic of which was ground graphite mixed with water and applied with a brush. Around 256 BC, inks found in China resemble more modern-day inks, as these were made from animal glue and soot. Chinese ink sticks were produced with fish glue, which differed from Japanese ink sticks, which were produced using cow or stag. A specific ink called India ink, also called masi, 
was actually invented in China, but used ingredients obtained through trade with India. This ink was made up of carbon black, hide glue, bone black pigment, and lamp black, and was mixed with pestle and mortar, and then left to dry, at which point a wet brush could be applied to the dried ink and used to write, draw, etc. India ink was also applied with a sharp needle to papyrus. This kind of predates the pens that we saw later. India ink could be made a number of different ways, including from pine wood. India ink was once widely used for printing and writing, but these days it's more commonly used for outlining and drawing, especially on comic strips. It is also used in a number of medical practices these days. A few other interesting uses for the India ink, which, by the way, got its name from the English, who named it so because of the Chinese trade with India. NASA patented a process to polish aluminum that involves India ink. There is also a traditional Japanese game called Hanetsuki, which is played by girls at New Year's. It's kind of like badminton, and if a girl loses, she gets marked with India ink. Model railroaders have also used India ink as a type of wood stain. In ancient Mesoamerica, we find Maya blue. Maya blue is a brilliant azure color and was created around 300 AD. One of the main ingredients is indigo, which gives it its color. It can be found on ceramics and was used up until the Spanish arrived. It was considered more than just ink and was instrumental in religion, in representing the rain god Chalk, as well as a few other gods. This Maya blue ink was actually used to authenticate a recent discovery of a new Mayan codex called the Grolier Codex. Ancient Rome also had its own recipe for different ink. This ink was created and popularized about 1600 years ago. It was made from iron salts mixed with tannin from gallnuts. The ink would first come out as a dark bluish black color, but would lighten to a lighter brown color over time. Inks were used on paper, parchment, vellum, and papyrus around the world for hundreds of years. The move from quill and ink, or paintbrush and ink, to ink pen came about in Egypt first in 953 with the first fountain pen. This pen was invented when Ma'ad al-Mu'idz, who was the caliph or ruler in Egypt at the time, asked for a pen that would not stain his hands. In the 15th century in Europe, a new type of ink was also invented for Johannes Gutenberg's printing press. This new ink was made from oil, soot from lamps, varnish, and egg whites. Gutenberg's ink didn't require as much time to dry and also didn't soak into the paper, which was important to prevent smudging in the new printing press. Inks are made up of two main components, as we already mentioned, the colorant and the binder or vehicle. There are four types of ink, powder or paste, liquid or aqueous. When coloring an ink, pigments are often used, even though they tend to be more expensive and result in more variance in hue and color of the ink, they tend to be the most popular because they are a fast coloring solution. Dyes, on the other hand, are more colorful and allow for a greater variety of colors with more consistency and a more vibrant color. But the problem comes, however, because dyes are dissolved in a liquid phase, they tend to soak into the paper. In an effort to solve this problem, dye-based inks have added components to help with quick dry or by applying quick drying printing methods or using specialized paper. Dye-based inks are also useful in anti-counterfeit efforts. When it comes to synthetic inks, which do less harm to the paper and fade less over time, their discovery was one that was made by accident. 
1856, William Henry Perkins, an English chemist, was trying to discover a cure for malaria when he accidentally invented the first synthetic dye. Inks have also been used to cast votes in countries around the world. Indelible ink had been used to cast votes in India, Mexico, Indonesia, and other places around the world. This ink is meant to keep voters from casting votes twice. This does not always work as planned, however, as seen in India, where sometimes opponents mark the thumbs of opposing party voters before they actually have the chance to cast their vote in an effort to prevent them from voting at all. Additionally, sometimes the ink even washes off. So it's a work in progress. In an effort to be more environmentally friendly, some inks are going more towards vegetable-based oils and regulating the amount of heavy metals in inks. Inks are made from non-renewable resources like oils and metals as well, which is another reason to look for alternatives. These days, the ink industry booms at 20 billion US dollars. However, ink print for books is largely going down and is mostly used in packaging. Ink can also be found in many objects. Even Kindles use a type of reusable e-ink that sits just below the surface. Ink is a part of our everyday lives, from treaties signed for peace or for new countries, to books that open up new worlds, to friends signing yearbooks and saying goodbye. Ink helps us mark our history. It allows us to share our stories with the future and learn from the stories of our past. As a writer, I am very grateful for ink. As a family history novice, it has helped me discover new connections to new family. And as a regular doodler, I'm grateful for ink, even if my drawings are well below average. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for joining me, and I hope you have a fantastic day. Take care.